Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense. I'm your host, Greg Lane. Now, I know I've been gone the last couple of weeks, and I do apologize, especially since I promised I would start this off very regularly. However, I need to let you guys know that right now, I'm going to start doing my episodes from my car during my commutes. Granted, it'll all be hands-free. And honestly, I don't know about this. I want to flip this by you guys. But I tend to have a lot of great thought tangents while I'm driving to work. I don't know if it's the fact that I take the same road to work every day and it's a 20-minute ride. And I don't know what it is, but if you drive more than 10 or 15 minutes, your mind just tends to wander. Especially if you know the turns, you know the slowdowns, you know the bad areas. And you just get inside of your own head. And especially if you talk to maybe friends or family in the course of the day, you just feel like that you can continue off that and explore different aspects of it. Because that's a part of who I am. I'm just a really expansive thinker. You know, I think about economics. I think about politics. I think about culture. And I also like to think about my personal experiences kind of compare them to others and try to find commonalities and differences. Like I'll give you a prime example. So I work at a uh, residential care facility. Now the kids that are the clients of the program live there. And you know, we have the full nine yards. We got dorms, we have kitchens and common areas. And something that really irks me at work is that sometimes I'd be going into work And I noticed that they go to the kitchen, you know, they get a snack or a drink or whatever, and they leave the cabinets open. It's like they open up the cabinet, they get their drink, their cup, or their uh, plate, and then they just go and get their snack and just go on their merry way. And it gets even worse than that, because some of them like to leave the milk or the juice on the table when they leave the kitchen and go back to bed. It's like, okay, I'm your counselor. But I'm not your butler and I'm not your maid. It's like, is this what your parents did for you back home? No wonder you guys are like this. So, I don't know, but put it this way. I'm a kid of divorce. Now, when I was growing up, I technically lived in three different households. It was a custody arrangement. My mom worked weekend overnights, so depending on the weekend, I stayed with either my aunt and grandma or my dad. So, from the ages of uh, birth to about 12 or 13 years old, I technically had three sets of house rules that I had to abide by, depending on the week. So, you could say at an early age, I was predisposed to awareness of house rules and expectations. Now, granted, that came about as a result of divorce. Frankly, I believe that divorce, while essential, should be avoided if possible. This can be done so not by sticking to a bad marriage. God knows I don't want anyone to be trapped in a relationship like that. But maybe making certain decisions early on. Give a prime example. Um, Have any of you ever heard of the uh, term limerence? Uh, this not be confused with limericks, which is an Irish poem, <laughs> a little bit of a tell of my uh, heritage, but limerence is essentially the butterflies in your stomach feel. 
So apparently, according to researchers, and actually there's scientific studies to back this up, limerence can last anywhere between a year and a half to three years. So crushes can actually last that long. So when you say that you love someone all through high school, you may have actually loved them all through high school. Granted, it wasn't as deep as a adult relationship or what we typically consider adult relationships. But, yeah, you could love someone for that long. But uh, back to my original point, uh, is that comparatively, I don't know most of these guys' full home lives, but for me anyway, I was uh, taught the whole always shut the cabinet door when you're done in there from a very early age. I think the first time that I was taught that was by my aunt. And I remember this clearly. I was about four or five years old. And I went to the snack cabinet because, well, we uh, had restrictions on how many snacks we could have. But as long as we kept within them, it was totally fine. And I'm going into the cabinet and I get myself some cookies. And as I'm walking away, my aunt uh, goes, "Ah, forget something. I shut the cabinet, never looked back after that. But, you know, sometimes you do kind of wonder about stuff like this because, frankly, I mean, let's be honest. I do think that while it is possible for anyone to be a parent, well, anyone uh, is kind of a subjective term, depends on a lot of things, that, frankly, there should be a lot more education surrounding how to be a parent. I used to be an education major, and I got to tell you, when they started cutting certain classes like civics and home ec, I think they really did a disservice because civics teaches you how to be aware of current politics and how to dissect and understand complex issues. And home ec is basically life. I mean, put it this way. I learned how to change a tire for my father. Uh, Also, how to do brake pads and spark plugs. I learned how to do my taxes from a professional. My mom taught me a little bit how to shave. Uh, She gave me the talk. And there's also a bunch of other things that, frankly, I wish I knew at an earlier age. For instance, the uh, buttons at the end of your button-up or a button-down shirt, those little extra ones at the bottom that you wonder why the hell do they have those on there, those do have a purpose. Those are your backups. Because buttons do break on occasion. They're held together with strands of fabric. But anyway, so I wonder sometimes if there was a way to make certain life skills uniform and universally understood to a certain degree. Now, granted, I think we have a lot of the same issues that Russia had before the revolution in the late 19-teens were giant and a lot of ways when the central parts or the urban parts try to influence the rural areas, there tends to be disconnection and a lot of resentment. So I think making such universal changes or standards is absolutely difficult. But that's that's pretty much the uh, root of my thought process today, is how do we try to influence social standards for the better? Because there are a lot of social standards that I wish were influenced more. I read a uh, Facebook post. It was a a, a repost to share. Telling the story of a young lady who was intoxicated 
on two different occasions, but she wasn't assaulted. So she got drunk at a frat party, had too much. Uh, a guy at the party brought her upstairs, put her on the bed, and then left the room and closed the door. She wasn't assaulted. She wasn't fondled. She was fully dressed when she woke up, wasn't redressed. And then later on, she was at a New Year's Eve party. She took the train home. She was in New York City. And she fell asleep on the train. She woke up at the end of the line at Coney Island. Now, I'm not a New Yorker, and I don't know how common that uh, occurrence is, but, <laughs> oh, geez, falling asleep and on up at the end of the line, that's a hell of a story. But once again, she wasn't assaulted. And, of course, the point that she made was that skippy clothes don't cause rape, being intoxicated doesn't cause rape, and a woman being by herself doesn't cause rape. Rapists cause rape. And I wish that was hammered in so much more in society. Is that no? Because, and this is also the analogy I always use when someone says that so-and-so was asking for. Well, okay. If you walk down the street, someone robs you because you're wearing a Rolex watch. Should you be able to press charges? What the hell were you doing? Wearing a fancy watch at night by yourself. Exactly. That's because sexual assault is the only crime that you have to prove that there was a crime. Because sex is a part of being human. However, the question that becomes about consent, it comes about conditions and circumstances, and a lot of times it also questions relationships. Now, I'm not going to say that there are no false allegations. God knows there are numbered. However, considering that a lot of times legit allegations have such a difficult time being investigated, being looked into, and also being charged, frankly, trying to bring up false allegations to further discredit a messed up system, who's that helping? But anyway, um, another part that I wish was more put in was civic involvement. Because I tend to notice a lot of things, especially on both sides of the political spectrum. Give you a prime example. So I heard this point that was being made on certain uh, right-wing media regarding the Green New Deal, about how they wanted to get rid of cows. Now, I kind of heard some counterpoints from the left, but I also looked into it. It turns out that the point they made about the Green New Deal hating cows, it's not exactly as accurate as you would assume. So, the thing was regarding a memo, regarding the language uh, that they used to try to get uh, zero emissions. Now, they said that they had to use net zero emissions rather than absolute zero because they couldn't deal with the fact that there are, in fact, natural producers of CO2, including uh, decomposition process and cow flatulence. Although that in itself was actually accurate because cows don't fart, they burp. And that's your where's that factor today. But there's also a fact on the other side where certain positions taken by the right may seem more uh, instigatory than it would mainly appear. Such as. Oh, well, I gotta be honest, I don't really see too many points because 
honestly, I think that uh, this is kind of another tangent. You can see why I'm kind of hesitant to do this in the car. I just get on long thought streams. But anyway, I kind of notice that typically the extremes of the parties start to do a lot of the talk. I feel sorry for Democrats who have a spine and aren't overly sensitive about labels of being called certain ways. And I also feel sorry for Republicans who aren't racist, xenophobic, Islamophobic, and just aren't hateful. I understand those points. I understand fiscal responsibility. And I understand making progress while also not making an ass of yourself and not trying to force yourself to be the next big civil rights leader because you want the glory and fame. And after all, Martin Luther King didn't do it for the glory and fame, nor did Gandhi, nor did Malcolm, nor did... Damn it, I keep forgetting this guy's name. Uh, he was... Oh, this is going to bug me, and I'll probably think of it later. But anyway, they didn't do it for the fame. They did it for the people to come after them. But then again, that is kind of why we're so stunted in our progress. America has pushed a narrative for the last 50-plus years that it's all about individual achievement. It's all about me. Me, 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 me. And that mindset has halted progress in so many areas. It's halted progress, such as with Phil Schlafly and the Housewives Association, I'm paraphrasing, of course, that they don't want the ERA to be passed because they're afraid of losing their privileges as housewives. Granted, I think it was also hyperbolic, and I also think that maybe they were nervous about certain things, and maybe they were nervous that they were going to lose out in the power structure, which also shows that it's not just guys who benefit from patriarchy, it's also the women. I mean, after all, Phil Schlafly married a very established lawyer, and she was able to run two or three unsuccessful bids for Congress. She could write books. She had a big family. And she was also able to campaign against a, an amendment that would have guaranteed that she had the same rights as her husband. And there are also others that would adhere to the power struggle, not just that. Uh, women who benefit from the structure, but also certain guys, such as guys who are already making well off and they're concerned about taxes. Now, here's my thing. Whenever they talk about marginal tax rates being introduced, they always talk about big margins. For instance, Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax. It was one of the biggest talking points in right-wing politics for against the Democrats. But her wealth tax was only directed at fortunes and wealth estimates in the tens of millions or even the billions. Now I want to ask some of you guys, who you know has got a billion dollars sitting in the back right now? I want you to go through your Facebook friend list. I want, to go, want you to go through your Twitter. I want you to go through your Instagram Try to find someone that you personally know who got a billion dollars in a bank. Not a fan, not someone you're a fan of, someone you know, someone you've had a meal with. 
Someone you've gone to work with. Someone you've gone to class with. Can't think of anyone, can you? You can probably think of a bunch of other people, but not anyone that you know. So my question is, for politics, why is it that an issue that would affect literally about as much of the population as a medium-sized town, why is that such a central policy of a, of a party? I got to be honest, I don't know. I think it's because we always kind of assume that we that maybe someday we'll get to that point where we got a billion dollars in the bank. But I honestly got to ask, what's the point of having that much money? Having so much money, you don't know what to do with it. Because I got to be honest, if I was making that kind of money, I put myself on a fixed ass income. I would figure out what I needed in order, and I would have a sizable reserve and leave that reserve at that. Two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand dollars, whatever the hell is covered under the FDIC. And the rest of it, I fuck around with it. I would donate it. I would invest it. I'd give some of it away. And I would have me some fun with it. I would not just leave it just sitting in the bank. Because I could never stop working. Even if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would never stop working. And I'll tell you what. You ever hear the one about the English guy who won the lottery? He was a trash collector. He won the lottery, and the next thing you know, he blows the money on basically everything that a regular fuckboy would waste his money on. He spent it on prostitutes. He spent it on alcohol. He spent it on drugs. He spent it on God knows what else. He wasted it. And then, you know, the joke goes, he goes back to being a trash collector. No, he didn't. He couldn't get his job back. So then he had to work at a biscuit factory. Which was surprising for two things. I didn't realize a trash collector could just not get his job back. And I did not know that biscuits came from a goddamn factory. Learned something new every day. But I'm starting to get to the end of my commute. And I'm actually surprised that I can go on for that long. So I just want to end with this. Is that young people and as well as us, everyone... It's only as good as the standards that we keep ourselves to and that we keep each other to. If you're trying to ask someone to be respectful, to be polite, to be empathic, or any standard that costs nothing, doesn't cost money, doesn't cost mental anguish, and all it takes is a couple of seconds of thought, never feel bad about enforcing that expectation. And always be wary of those individuals that view such expectations as apparently too much. Someone who can't keep other, others in mind when they go about their business or do what they want to do is not someone that you probably need in your life. So I encourage you guys to always reevaluate yourselves. Not every minute of every day, God knows that would drive you insane. But take your time. Make it a weekly thing. Make it a monthly thing. Matter of fact, make it some, make it a quarterly thing. Like the end of three months, you sit down, you pour yourself some of the good stuff, you go over a spreadsheet, you scroll through your list, do something to take a good view at who's in your life, who's influencing your life, and figure out what do I want to do next. That's all the time I got for today. 
I will definitely be back soon. And if this is a success, I will definitely be doing these much, much more often. You guys have a very good day. Stay safe during COVID. And this is Uncommon Sense. I'm Greg Lane. And good night.